Good morning, good morning, good morning. Good morning, everyone. This is Arthur Pearly Martin. Dropped in briefly because I kind of want to talk about a little bit about the law of, tra- uh, of attraction. Now, we're receiving. How many of you know that we're receiving what we believe in? Um, the word of God tells us in Mark, I believe that you receive when you pray and you shall have it. Are you attracting? You're attracting. We are attracting attracting the things that we're believing so how however you see yourself Proverbs 23 and 7 as a man thinketh in his heart so is he what is it that you believe about you we're getting ready to get into this one second one minute one moment but first you guys we're going to pray father we just thank you for being together in the midst of us you said where two or three are joined there you are lord god Father God, we ask that you open up our understanding and give us a rhema word and you give us wisdom because you said wisdom is the principal thing, but in all our getting, get some understanding. So Father God, we just thank you for helping us to understand, for helping us to know what you know, Father God, because as we hunger and thirst after righteousness, we ask that you fill us in Jesus name we pray. Amen. Thank you again for joining into my podcast. It's Dr. Pearlie Martin, Biblical Principles for Inner healing and again we're gonna we're talking um we're talking uh coming from proverbs 23 7 as a man thinketh in his heart so is he um your perception of yourself is how you are seeing yourself um is your perception of yourself based upon the word of god the will of god the way of god or is it based upon um how you was raised is it is, are you getting your perception about yourself based upon what they say, whoever they are, your they sayers, your naysayers, um, or are you getting your perception of yourself from who God says we are? It's so important that we learn who we are. We are heirs and joint heirs in Jesus Christ. As born again believers, we're heirs and joint heirs. That means that everything Jesus is entitled to, we're entitled to. Can you see that? Right. We, um, we're heirs, we're more than a conqueror. We can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. He's saying, now look, the only reason you can really do it is because I'm strengthening you to do it. It's because of him. It's in him that we live, move, and have our being. And most of all, the Bible tells us, not only is God with us, he say, fear not for I'm with you, right? The Lord is our rock, our refuge, our hiding place, right? But not only is God with us, but the spirit of the living God is on the inside of us. Do you believe that as a born again believer that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit? Do you believe that the Holy Spirit, which is God's spirit, lives on the inside of you? And as he is, so are we in this world. In other words, we are called to be ambassadors of Christ. We're called to be live Christ-like to speak on his behalf, to act the way he acts. He is our mentor. Jesus Christ is our mentor. And the word of God is his instructions to us on how to live righteously, especially Proverbs. Please, um, if you're trying to figure out where to start in the Bible, just start with Proverbs. Proverbs is going to teach us everyday life issues. Proverbs teaches you how to deal how, how to deal with people. Proverbs say, if you hang with evil, you become evil. Hang with wise, become wise. Proverbs will say, um, if you lend your, if you sign, co-sign for someone and they don't do what they sh- should, then you deserve to have your own stuff taken away from you. You know, Proverbs is a book of wisdom. Pro- the wisdom of God is the word of God. So when God says, 
uh, ask him for wisdom. He's never going to tell you to do stuff outside of his word because God's word is his wisdom. God's word is his voice. It's inspired. The word of God was inspired by God. Now, everything that he's telling certain things about what happened. Of course, when he's telling you stuff that the devil did, God didn't do that. But he's telling you it was inspired by him to to tell the writer what the right is. God breathed, right? Um, this is why the word of God is the power of God and it has the power of God to change our lives. And when we read the word, get with understanding of the word, then it, it turns into what we call a rhema word. That's where you read something and it jumps off the page and you say, oh my God, it's like the lights come on. That's a rhema word. It's not just uh, knowing something that's head knowledge, but it's believing in your heart. So how do you go from knowing to believing? You got to meditate there in day and night. The word of God says if we meditate, he said, meditate to do. How, 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 how do you see yourself? Proverbs 23 and 7, as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. You're attracting to you the things that you believe about you. So if you have a low self-esteem, which I don't teach self-esteem, but I'm going to say that here. When we don't know who we are, because when we don't know who we are, we think of ourselves less than who we are. <laughs> um. If we're not, when we don't know who God says we are, when I say who you are, I'm talking about when we don't know who God says we are. You guys pick up my book. I did a um, study guide, Understanding Your New Identity in Christ Jesus. We must know who we are and whose we are in order to walk as ambassadors of Jesus Christ. We have to understand our authority as king's kids. Jesus said, I give you the keys to the kingdom and whatever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth shall be But if you don't see yourself as an ambassador, if you don't see yourself the way God sees you, we're not going to be able to live the way he has called us to live. So we are attracting as a man thinketh in his heart. So is he. And we got to think the thoughts of God. Whatsoever things are true. Whatsoever things are lovely. Whatsoever things are good report. Whatsoever things are praiseworthy. The Bible tells us think on these things. You know, we have to see ourselves the way God sees us in order to be what he has called us to be in order to live uh, the way he has called us to live. So the world is trying to raise your (laughs) self-esteem, but God is trying to get us to say, look, you don't have to, you already sitting together with me in heavenly places in Christ Jesus, right? What the word of God is trying to get us to see. He's saying, look here, you, you ain't got no low self-esteem. You are a kid's king's kid. And as I am, so are you in this world. The, your body is my temple. The spirit of the living, my spirit is on the inside of you. That same power that raised Jesus Christ from the dead is on the inside of you. That same creative power. You know, God created, he's a creator. How many of you know that our father is a creator? I, I You know, our father is a creator. So we too have the ability to create. He used his words and he said, let there be light and there was light. We are speaking spirits. This, we understand the power of words. We do. We understand you shouldn't call a kid stupid, dumb, and ignorant. We understand that. Why is we saying that? You shouldn't call a child stupid. You shouldn't call us. stupid. We understand. That shows we understand the power of our words. But this life and death is in the power of the tongue, right? And those who love it will eat the fruit thereof. In other words, we're having what we're saying. We're eating our words. We're getting what we're saying. Out the abundance of a man's heart, his mouth will speak. 
So how do we get what we know from our head to our heart? We have to meditate on the word of God. Meditate therein day and night. Your word, Lord, have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against you. We have to spend time in the word of God so we can begin to change our inside image. He wants us to learn how to live from the inside out because the real us is the spirit. We understand this. We know that I have a I am a spirit. I live in a body and I have a soul. Right. So what that means when, when our body, when our spirit leaves our body, we cease to live. That's why the body is left behind. And the, the, the reason the body is left behind at a funeral is because the spirit which giveth life has left the house. Right. The Bible say it's the spirit of God. It's the spirit that give us life. Remember when God breathed into man, he became that's when he became a living being. OK, when he, when he created him out of the dirt, Genesis said, but it wasn't until he's he breathed his own life inside of him that he, he became alive. And that's what's going on. So when a person dies, their spirit leaves their body. So we know that the word of God is true. If you don't believe anything else about the word of God, you cannot deny the power of death. But oh, death, grave, uh, death, where is your sting? Oh, grave, where is your victory? Why? Because as a spirit being, the grave can't hold you. The only thing that's in that grave is that body, which is going to go back to the dirt it came from. Right? The spirit is either going to go to heaven or hell. Depends on if you accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. So you're attracting, we are attracting what we're believing. Because how many, you, we already talked about this earlier, how we act on what we believe. We act on what we believe. So if you are attracting abusive people, that's because you, you don't, you don't see, you feel bad about yourself. You feel bad about yourself. This is why you're attracting bad things because you, you're believing bad things about yourself. In your heart, you, I, I'm, I'm, things that you will stop. Second Corinthians 10 tells us to cast down evil imaginations and thoughts that exalt themselves against the knowledge of God. So it's my thought life that's, that's causing me to live my everyday life. Remember, we have to change our mindset to change where we, we're at. Thank you for joining back in. So as we, um, how we see ourselves is going to determine what we believe about. What we believe about ourselves actually is going to determine how we see ourselves. So if you need a healthy perception, self-perception of yourself, then the way you find it is not in self-esteem. It's not in, in, in the hype. It's saying what God say, because he is the original creator. He created us. The Bible say, uh, before the foundations of the world, God knew you. So that means we need to get to know what God knows about us. God, what are your thoughts about me? You know, the Bible, Romans, uh, Jeremiah 29 and 11 says that for the thoughts that God had for about us are good and not evil to bless us, to prosper us, to bring us into great success. God has great successful thoughts about us. God thinks good thoughts about us. Okay. He thinks his thoughts about us are good and not evil. Okay, he's not thinking evil things about us. Don't give me. I mean, he, even when he corrects us, it's not an evil thing. He, when he corrects us, it's because he's trying to protect us. And if we'll look at correction like that, we'll be able to to uh, receive it better. Correction. When people are trying to correct you, it's because they're trying to protect you. <laughs> 
He's trying to, isn't that what we as parents are doing when we're trying to teach our kids right from wrong, good from evil? We're trying to protect them. When we, when we correct them, it's because we're trying to protect them. So correction is not a bad thing. And because without correction, we open ourselves up to deception. The Bible says there is a way that seemeth right unto a man, but the end thereof is death. You, it can look like you're doing the right thing and it really be the wrong thing. This is why we have to check with the Lord, see if this is what he he is asking us to do or if this is what we're just wanting to do, because there's a difference. But God leads by way of peace. Your your purpose is connect, connected to your passion. So say, well, you say, well, I like to help people. OK, that's good. So but in what way do you like to help people? Because that's a broad. I mean, it's a whole bunch of ways to help people. OK. So in what way, what area in your life do you get the greatest joy? Do you, I mean, I personally love um, counseling with people. I like listening to people. I like seeing people go from butterflies to caterpillars. So I like developing people. I like encouraging people in, in whatever it is that they're called to do. I like, I'm like a cheerleader, an um, exhortation. I like to say, oh man, that is awesome. You can do this. You can, yes, yes. You know, that, that seems to be where you're gifted at. Um, but I'm also a corrector because um, correction, you know, when we get off course, we need someone in our lives to say, hey, you missed your turn back there. Um, my grandbaby, sometimes I would, you know, be driving somewhere and say, mom, grandmama, you're supposed to turn right there. Was They was correcting me because I had went the wrong way. Not because they was disrespecting me. They wasn't correcting me because they disrespected me. They was correcting me so I could turn around and go the right way because I, I was going the wrong way. And they said, no, grandma, you forgot your turn right there. <laughs> It wasn't, they wasn't being disrespectful because they was correcting me. They could have just sat there and just let me go on all out the way. You know, Proverbs said, faithful are the uh, wounds of a friend, but deceitful is the kiss of an enemy. So that means a friend will tell you something that's true. A friend will tell you something that's true, even if it hurts you. Um... I like to tell people because anybody that really knows me knows my personality. Um, sometimes I can be really firm. Um, it depends on the condition of the person. It depends on what type of spirit you're dealing with. Because remember, the real us is a spirit. So people who are, when people are stiff necked and rebellious, that's a real firm, hard word. And the reason you're going to get it of like a whip. You remember when Jesus went in the temple and he overturned the tables? He was angry about what they were doing. He wasn't angry about who they were. He was upset because of that spirit that was using them. He was, you know, and even when he rebuked Peter, he said, Satan, get behind me. You are an offense to me. When the Lord was telling Peter how he was going to be crucified and how he was going to die. And, and then the devil spoke through Peter and said, Lord, it's not so. And he said, Satan, I rebuke you, you know, because you're calling me a liar. You know, what you're saying is not a part of God's plan. You know, he didn't, he wasn't rebuking Peter. He was rebuking the devil that was using Peter because we have to understand the fight. Remember, the real us is a spirit. We're speaking spirits. Okay. So we have to be able to see beyond what we can see, the five senses. That's called discerning of the spirits. And when the Lord gives you the help, gives you the ability to discern, you know, you can see behind the scenes. That's one of the gifts the Lord gives me. You can see behind the scenes. 
you know, he'll let you know, you know, a lot of times you're just looking at, you're just judging things by what you can see. Then that's not, that's not real judgment because the real stuff that's going on is the stuff that's on the inside. The, the Lord says that man look on the outside, but God says, I'm looking at your heart. I'm looking on the inside. The Holy Spirit will give you words of knowledge, words of wisdom, you know, uh, prof- words of, of prophetic words. He might give you a, a prophetic word for someone or whatever. Just because you can give someone, you can prophesy to someone doesn't make you a prophet. He can give you a word of wisdom, a word of knowledge or whatever, you know, your gifting is. There's nine gifts of the spirit. I think it's 2 Corinthians 9. The gifts, it talks about the gifts of the spirit. Okay. Um, but what I'm trying to see is the, you're attracting the things that are, are attracted to you are things that the things that you believe about yourself, which, which is true. As water reflects the face of a man, so does his heart reflects his life. That's Proverbs. So we're living from the inside out. We're acting on what we believe to be true. So your perception of yourself, that's what's attracting to you those same kind of people. So a lot of times we say, a lot of times we say, uh, why do I seem to be attracting the same kind of person? Because you have not changed your self-perception. So how do we change our self-perception? Again, um, meditating on the word of God meditating on the word of God. What does the word of God have to say about me? What does the word, you know, Jesus told him in John 8, 32, if you continue my word, you are my disciples indeed. And you know, the truth and the truth will set you free, right? So what is it? The truth will set us free from the truth will set us free from a lie. You have to know the truth in order to be set free from a lie. What is the truth concerning you? You have to find out what the truth is concerning you. What is the truth concerning you? Um, According to the word of God, what does the word of God say about you? It's finding out who you are in Christ. We cannot walk in who we are without knowing who we are, right? So spend some time, look up some scriptures to talk about in him, in him. Um, Google Bible verses that talk about in him. Um, order my order my study guide online. Um, understanding identity in Christ Jesus, and I kind of did the work for you already. I wrote out a bunch of it's a question and answers, and it's basically where I just take the Bible verse that talks about who we are, and I begin to ask questions from that Bible verse, and it gives you a, a chance to really break it down and get some understanding of what it's actually saying. Because in all our getting, remember we got to get some understanding. When we get understanding, understanding brings about a rhema word. It reveals the word. It's uh, that's that's how we get revelation of the word is when we get an understanding of the word. You can know what the word say and not know what it means, or you can know what the word say and not know how to do it. Um, that's why we have to get some understanding of what it's saying. Because when I understand what it's saying, then I can understand how to do what it's saying. Um, the Lord tells us to ask for wisdom. Wisdom is the principal thing. God is wisdom, right? And his word is his voice. Um, he does not speak contrary to or outside his will, his way and what he wants. Um, God is not interested in giving us what we want. He's interested in having his will and his way and his want done in our lives. So this is why I said, if you delight yourself in the Lord, 
he'll give you the desires of your heart. Why is this? Because that word delight there means to take pleasure in. You know, you um, he God is a delightful person. He is he's enjoyable to be around. So as we begin to delight, this is why he say delight yourself first. Delight yourself in the in the Lord. Listen to some praise music, some worship music. Uh, studying his word, praying to him, just entertaining him. It's like having him come over for company. When you have people to come over for company, you're going to delight yourself in them. You're going to pay attention to them. You guys are going to sit there and communicate. You're going to fellowship with them. Delight yourself. Take pleasure in. Delight yourself in the Lord. Spend time with the Lord. Cause, and then he'll say, he said, then I will give you the desires of your heart. Why is this? Because when you delight yourself, there's no way you can spend time with God and not come out of it wanting what God wants. Because when we would delight ourselves in the Lord, he changes our heart desires into his heart desires. Because how can two walk together except they both agree, right? So the Bible says, Don tells us, he says, if we say that we walk in, we have fellowship with him, and yet we walk in darkness, we are lying, the truth is not in us. Why is this? Because there's no way you can fellowship come into agreement with God and walk so you walk and not walk with God to be in agreement with God is to walk with God to walk in agreement with what he says what does God's word say concerning about your wife your marriage or finance what is it saying how many of you know that for every problem God really does have a promise but correction comes to protect us from the evil one correction comes to protect us not to hurt us. Faithful are the wounds of a friend. So a person who loves you or care about you will tell you the truth, even if it hurts you. And just because, you know, you know in your heart if you wasn't saying it to be cruel or evil or you were saying it to be correct, to, to correct them. And if we look at the ministry of the Lord Jesus Christ, we'll see he did not deal with everybody the same way. His ministry to everybody wasn't the same way. Uh, as disciples of Jesus Christ, we're called to live Christ-like, right? To mimic him. And that he, he, he had the, the disciples to follow him so he, they could learn to do what they saw him to do. He was training them. That was their orientation. That was their preparation. He was preparing them. So when they was prepared and equipped for the work of the ministry, he said, I got to go now. My time is up. But I'm... I, I, I'm gonna, but I'm not gonna leave you comfortless. Okay, I'm gonna leave you with another comforter. I can't leave you comfortless. I gotta leave you with another comforter. Uh, how many of you know this is why we need people in our lives that's gonna challenge us? People in our lives that's gonna tell us the truth because there is a way that seemeth right, but the end thereof is death. It can look like it's the right thing, but someone else can see it and say, "Hey, that's listen here. That don't make sense." You know, you need to do this first. You need to get your license before you get a car. You know, I'm just saying, um, because as a man, think just because you think something to be true don't necessarily mean it is true. What does the word of God say about it? How does it correspond? Um, how does it relate to the word of God, the will of God and the way of God? He's never going to go outside of his will. He's never going to change who he is or how he is to accommodate what we want. <laughs> it's about us um, becoming like him, not him becoming like us. 
if we are uh, we're already like him but we just don't know our identity yet we don't know what all we have so you know this is the this is the pursuit seek first the kingdom of god his righteousness his will his way of doing stuff and all these other things that you're tra- you're chasing after the wealth the riches the cars the homes all these other things will be added unto you god will give you the wisdom to get whatever it is that we need to get in the earth Um, When we sit down and talk to him and when we sit down and spend time with him, this is when he will instruct us. Isn't that how he discipled his disciples? He sat down, he taught them parables. You know, uh, he taught them different ways of life. He showed them how to treat people by how he lived. He He showed them how to cast out devils by casting out devils. Then he would send them on assignment. And they said, Jesus, we couldn't cast out the devil. Why come we couldn't cast out the devil? He said, oh, you have little faith. You know, um, he was teaching them life lessons by how he lived. He was, their job was to mimic him. He was their disciples as he is. So are we in this world? Why is, why do we say that? What am I saying? We're his ambassadors. We're his ministers or reconciliators. Our job is to represent Christ in the earth. To, by living Christ-like. No, we're not perfect. But the Bible says a righteous man will fall down and get back up. So that means that when you fall down, you, if, your, if your heart desires truly to serve the Lord, you will continue to get back up. And every time a person fall down and they're willing to get back up, you need to help that person. Every time they fall down and they're willing to get back up, that's the person you need to help. You need to help that person. Always help a person that's trying to get back up and never step on a person when they're down but try to try to encourage them to get back up. But always help a person who's trying to get back up. Always help a person who's trying to get back up. But until they're willing, ready to get up, you really can't do anything with them until they're ready to do their part. And their part is to get up. Their part is to get out. They're, they have to be. And, and, and you know, we, we hear this saying about, well, I kind of outgrew the person. Well, it's not what happened was, yeah, um, if you want to grow, you just as we change our way of thinking, it's going to cause us to grow. It's going to change our way of living. The reason we're making the same choices is because we're thinking the same thoughts. So change comes in not just saying, oh, trying to hype yourself up. No, you really have to change your way of thinking and meditate on the word of God so we can get down off inside your heart. Meditate to do. The world call it premeditated murder. Why does they say call it premeditated murder? Because you had to think about it before you did it. You had time to change your mind. You thought about it. You plotted, you planted, you schemed. You thought about it before you did it. So they say this was premeditated. This wasn't something that, this wasn't a crime of passion where your emotions just took over. No, you thought about it. This wasn't some last minute thing. You know, you bought the rope, you got the tape, you got the gun, you know, and all this time during this whole process, you had time to change your mind. Okay. So this is the same way. Meditate. The Bible tells us to meditate, to do Lord, your word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against you as we hide. How do we hide the word of God in our heart by meditating on it, uh, concentrating on meditating on the word, speaking the word saying what God say. I'm a king's kid. I'm an heir in a joint heir in Jesus Christ. That's who I am. And so if you're calling me anything other than that, you're not talking to me. 
because that's not what I identify with. See, our outward manifestations is not who we are. You know, Michael Jordan, he played basketball, right? That's what he did. That was not who he was. Don't confuse what you do with being who you are. You are who God says you are. And that's the, that's a lot of people don't know where to start in the Bible. Well, that's the first principle. We need to get some understanding. We need to know who we are because without knowing who we are, it's not, we're not going to be able to walk in what he says because we're not going to, that's the reason why we can't believe what he say is because we don't know who we are, right? You can't, you can't believe you can't believe that uh, you have everything that you need that pertains to life and godliness when you don't know who you are. When you don't know that God is your father, when you don't know that your father, the earth is the Lord and the fullness thereof. Everything, you know, everything that's good comes from God, that you are fully loaded, that you're heirs and joint heirs, that as he is, so are you in Christ Jesus, that you're more than a conqueror, that you're the head and not the tail. You are above and not beneath. And you're sitting together, spiritually speaking, in heavenly places in Christ Jesus at the right-hand side of the Father. But we're talking spiritually speaking. And as he is, you are you're, you're children of God. You're children of the most high God. That's who you are royalty. You are of a royal priesthood and a holy nation. You're part of a royal priesthood. You know, we're king's kids. We're royalty. Our father is the king. Our Abba father is the king. He used your mother and father to birth you into the earth, but you came out of him. Before you was knitted together in your mother's womb, God said, I already knew you. You were here because it was God's idea, not because it was mom and daddy's idea. They didn't know who you was going to be. They didn't know how you was going to be. They didn't know you was going to be a boy or girl. That's why they do the, the sonograms. You know, children, the Bible tells us that children are a gift from God. Children are a gift from God, a reward from the Lord. So, see, we're here because, see, God is not a deadbeat father. So when he created us, he put everything down on the inside of us that pertains to life and godliness. He put everything, he created us to succeed. God created us to succeed, not to fail. Our father is not a failure. We're identifying with the wrong set of parents. But this is where those mindset strongholds are formed. Our belief systems, things that we believe about ourselves, things that we believe about others, they're, they're formed by our life experiences, by how we were raised, by our environment. As a man thinketh in his heart, so easy. Be careful of some of those things that you're saying that's not true. If there was no good, you know, bad luck, there wouldn't be no luck at all. Well, God don't work with luck, okay? He, his promise, his word is true. It's not about, it's not about luck. It's about believing what he says. See, life, we don't live life by luck. As believers, we live life by faith. We walk by what we believe and not by what we see. So think about it. You're walking by what you believe. You believe you're going to be struggling all your life. You believe you're going to be broke all your life. Um, then that's what you're going to be receiving. Life for you is going to be a struggle. But if you believe what the word of God says, if you get, if you are a giver, you are a tither, you, you believe that when you're going to reap what you sow, that every every action, every every action sown is a is a deed. Every deed sown is a seed being sown. Every deed, every action, good or bad, every reaction, good or bad, is a seed being sown into the life of someone else. 
So if you if you if you sow mercy, you're gonna reap mercy. Maybe no, you're not reaping a lot of mercy because you're not merciful. You're an unmerciful servant. The Bible talks about the unmerciful servant. It talks about how God forgave you of your sins. And you want other people to forgive you when you do something wrong. But when someone else does something wrong, you don't want to forgive them. That's an unmerciful servant. How dare you? um, There's no condemnation. But we, we need to look at this. The law of attraction. You're getting what you're giving. Okay. You, we, the world calls it karma, but the word calls it reaping what you sow. The Bible says, should we uh, uh, continue in sin because the grace of God abide, abides? God forbid. Whatso, God is not mocked that whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. So we're reaping what we're sowing. So if you're if you're evil and cruel to your wife or to your spouse or to your kids or to your whoever, and then you're 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 running into people that are rude and evil and disrespectful to you, that's coming out of that. You're reaping what you sow. Some people are still here on this earth because they're reaping. How many of you know we're gonna reap it? He said, whatever we do in this body, good or evil, we're gonna reap it on this side of the ground. We're gonna reap what we sow in the earth. So if you're reaping a lot of negative stuff, sometimes it's because you done sowed a lot of negative stuff. You might have sown a lot of negative stuff later in life or whatever. But see, the law of reciprocity is true in spiritual and natural. If I sow an apple seed, I'm going to reap an apple tree. So if I sow unforgiveness, if I refuse to forgive, guess what's going to happen? Somebody's going to come along and they're not going to forgive me. If I sow, but if I, if I, if I sow forgiveness, if I have mercy on someone, then God is going to cause someone to have mercy on me. See, this is how we're living life. We're reaping what we sow and we're receiving what we're believing. So the way we flip it is to find out the mind of Christ. God, what is it? How did you tell me to live? You say love overcomes evil. You said bless those that try to curse you. But um, he will give you wisdom in how to deal with people because you can't deal with everybody the same because all spirits are not the same. How many of you know that demons have personalities? They have voices. We see they spoke to Jesus in the Bible. Um, we should be done dealt with some demons here in the earth. Obviously, that's how I was first raised as a baby Christian around people, demons growling through people and being taught how to cast out devils. As believers, we should be able to cast out devils. Why is this? The real us is a spirit. Ask the Lord, Lord, help me to discern. I want to be able to see people the way you see people. I want to be able to know what you know because you said for the foundations of the world that you knew me you know some stuff about me I want to I want to see I want to seek first the kingdom of God because everything that I need to know about me you know it's kind of like people are doing these ancestry.coms and there's nothing wrong with that but what I'm saying is that's how we need to be seeking out our spiritual inheritance who does God say I am I am connected. I came out of him. So the fact that I came out of him and then I accepted his son means I'm a part of him. You know, those who have not, we're all God's creation. Let's get, let's set this straight. We're all God's creation, but we're not all God's children. 
until we accept his son, Jesus Christ, as our Lord and Savior. Did you get that? The Bible says he who has not in Romans, it says he who has not the spirit of God is none of his. Right. We must be born again. Jesus told Nicodemus in the book of John, first John, verily, verily, I say unto you that you must be born again. That which is flesh is born of the flesh, and that's what of spirit is born of the spirit. In other words, I have to be born again by accepting the Lord Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. So his spirit can come and live on the inside of me. We have to be born again because we were born into sin. And this is why we have to be born again. It was by one man's disobedience, Adam, that we were all made sinners. And it was by one man's obedience, Jesus Christ, that we was all made righteous. In other words, it was for this purpose that the Son of God was manifested to destroy the works of the devil. You understand? So in other words, Jesus came to undo everything that the devil did. And now we have to learn how to walk in the newness of life. Because 2 Corinthians 5, 17 says, If any man be in Christ, he is a new creation. Behold, look, see, all things have become new. All old things have passed away. All things have become new. So Jesus came to undo everything that the devil did. I'm getting ready to end it here. I just dropped in to say, hey, your perception, the way you see yourself is the things that you believe about yourself. And this is what's causing you to attract the things that you attract. Um, because you think that you're you're not good enough for this. So you settle for that. You know, let's quit settling for less and let's settle for the best because God is our father. We're heirs and joint heirs in Jesus Christ. You know, we were really born uh, when we accept Jesus Christ and we were born again. We was really born again um, as heirs and joint heirs. Um, we're kings and priests um, with the head and not the tail. OK, pick up my um, please order my book. It's on Amazon. Understanding your identity in Christ Jesus. It's a Bible study study guide. It's it's a, a Q&A questions and answers. Like, um, I might take the scripture, 2 Corinthians 5, 17. If any man be in Christ, behold, he is a new creature. Old things pass away. Behold, all things have become new. I might say, okay, so what happens when you uh, become a new creature? And then the answer would be, old things pass away. All things have become new. So, how, I mean, how does things become new? We have to begin to see ourselves. I'm not that person anymore. You know, I'm a new creature. The Apostle Paul, he wrote this. Saul, the one who persecute Christians, he wrote this. If any man be in Christ, he's a new creation. He had the revelation of him being a new creation. He he had the revelation that I'm not guilty of that. That's what I did in my flesh. That's what I did before Christ. I'm a new creation. There's no condemnation. Can you imagine? None of us would be able to tell people anything right if we when we, when you're living in under condemnation. You don't feel like you have a right to tell anybody anything right. But when you know that you are a new creature and that old things passed away, the devil won't be able to use your past to hold to keep you from moving forward in your future. He wants to say, oh, you can't tell them that you used to do that. No, uh, -uh, I'm a new creature, new creature in Christ Jesus. Um, Old things passed away. Behold, look, see, all things have become new for me because those things that I did in my flesh, that was with my flesh that I served the, my mind, my, my flesh, I served the law of sin. 
but with my mind I serve the law of God. I'm a new creation. You can't you can't hold that against me. Satan is the accuser of the brother. So he wants us to live a life of guilt and condemnation and make you feel like you can't tell nobody nothing. Yes, you can because you've outgrown that. And now you can help teach somebody how not to do what you did. Right? Because you've been there and you've done that. And where you're going, I've already been. The the Lord has given me wisdom and insight to to overcome what you're going through. In other words, we're more than a conqueror because what we're going through, Christ has already been through. So why not ask the person with the experience who is Jesus Christ? Uh, why not go to the word of God, get his instruction manual to show us how to overcome these different these obstacles in life? Because really the word of God for every problem, there really is a promise. So if you have a problem, go to the word of God and see what the promise says. It's, remember, it's the truth that sets us free from a lie. God's truth, the truth sets us free. It's the truth that we know that's going to set us free from the lie that we believe. So what is it? Look at your life. Um, we're the main subject of our own life story. So look at those areas in your life where, you know, where the, those areas where we, the devil has gained access through sickness, disease, poverty, um, whatever. I don't know what it is. Maybe you make bad choices in relationships. Maybe it's toxic. Maybe, I mean, you look at your, look at those cycles in your life because every area in your life where there's a cycle is an area in your life where you're believing the same thing. And you're never going to be able to change where you at until we change our mindset, right? As a man, you have to change our belief system by changing what we believe, by meditating on the word of God, okay? Meditating the word, okay? Meditating on what does the word of God say? God's word is a seed. Okay. He gives seed to the sower. Find out, get you a seed from the word of God. Let it go down off on the inside by meditating it and concentrating on it and speaking it and saying what it say. The reason we're having a hard time seeing ourselves as heirs and joint heirs in Christ Jesus is because of the guilt and the condemnation. But there's no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus who walk not according to the flesh, but according to the spirit. I believe it's Romans 8 and 1. Okay, so there's no condemnation. But if we walk, if we live a lifestyle in the flesh, we're going to feel that condemnation because that's the arena that the devil's in. In other words, when we do what the devil tells us to do, then we're going to feel condemnation because he is accuser of the brethren and we are guilty for doing that. But there is, God says, I've already forgiven you for those things that you did. I already, I, I died for you in advance knowing that one day you was going to say, yes, I, already, I, I, I paid for that already because I knew ahead of time that you was going to do that. You was going to mess up, that we was going to make those mistakes. So I, I already made provisions for that. That's in the will already. All you have to do, because my blood is still sitting on the mercy seat. And you see, I'm sitting on the right hand side of the father. So when you miss it and when you mess up and when you sin and when you fall down, you can just get back up and say, Father, forgive me, because if we uh, um, if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us for our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness because we have an advocate with the father. OK, <laughs> we have an agreement. That's agreement. That's a legally. That's a covenant. He cut a God cut a covenant with us. His word is his, not just his promise, but God's word to us is him swearing to us. I swear to you that if you ask me to help you, I will help you because his word says I am a present help in your time of trouble. Whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. As a man thinketh in his heart, 
You're living the way you're living because of the thoughts that you're thinking. To change where you're at, you have to change your mindset. The children of Israel wandered in the wilderness for 40 years doing the exact same thing. They were stuck in their story. They were stuck in routine. They could not move from where they at. They, they was doing the exact same thing every day, all day. They had the same routine. Why couldn't they change where they was? Why couldn't they change where they was at? Because every day they was getting up and they was thinking the same thought. We can't go into the promised land. I mean, we're we're grasshoppers in their sight. Uh, you know, they wasn't thinking about what God said. They was thinking about what man said. So forget about what they say and focus on what God says. Spend time every day renewing your mind. Spend time listening to the word of God. Spend time reading the word of God. Because in order to think like Christ, we got to spend time in his word because God and his word is one. So if you want to change the situation in your marriage, if you want to change the situation in you, okay, let God, let change begin with you. Because at the end of the day, people can't, people who can't, who refuse to control themselves, try to control others. Okay. Because they want the people around them to change, but they don't want to change. And it gives us a self-righteous attitude because it causes us to think that we're up here and they're down here. When the truth of the matter is, let change begin with you. Let change begin with you. And things around you will begin to change. Because as you begin to change your mindset, you'll begin to see things differently. And not, and, it, and it'll begin to change where you're at. And now instead of thinking that I'm just a low-down, dirty, no-good person... As you begin to change your mindset, because that's what Satan is the accuser of the brother. And he wants you to think those bad, evil, negative thoughts about yourself. Okay. But as we begin to renew our mind, pick up this, my study guide. I dare you to get it and, and actually finish. It's not long. It's only like 25 pages. I did it on purpose to make it short. So. Um, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are praiseworthy, whatsoever things are good report. These are the things the word of God tells us that we need to meditate and think on. Because as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. You're acting negative and evil because you're thinking negative and evil. And what I want to leave this in here before I go. When we don't forgive other people, we open ourselves up to the tormentor. And so when pe- people who are walking in unforgiveness, their minds are being tormented. And don't just think that you can uh, you can just hold unforgiveness towards one person and it not affects every area of your life because that's not true. A little leaven leavens the whole lump. See, you, you when you go to plant something and you you plant it in good soil, but you say, I'm going to add just a little bit of poison. Just this little bit ain't going to affect nothing. Have you seen a tree and some of the apples on the tree is good and some of them are rotten? Unforgiveness is like a poison and it'll spread throughout our body. So forgive. Spend time with the Lord because when we don't forgive others, God said he can't forgive us. That's for somebody. Okay, so I'm getting ready to end it here. You guys be blessed, be encouraged. Thank you again for joining my podcast. This is Pearly Martin, Arthur. Pearly Martin, Biblical Principles for Inner Healing. Keep looking for the good in your day so you can see God's goodness all throughout your day. Okay, be blessed and be so encouraged on this Friday. Uh, October 2021. You guys be blessed and be encouraged. I'm going to end it here. If you'd like to support us, hit the support button. Uh, If you'd like to leave a message, a prayer request, hit my prayer request button.